Well, hello, Date Night fam. We're so pumped to be back with you, and I'm not kicking Brie out this time. It's just not the same without you, my love. Oh, well, I miss you too, but I'm <laughs> glad you got to share guy stuff. It was. It was a good two weeks. And today, actually, you're going to be giving me the boot, right? Yes, sir, because we have a very special guest, and she's going to help me address a very important issue. Should we just give it away at the top? <gasps> I think we should build the tension. Ooh, I like it. Consider the tension built. Well, you ready for this? Yes. Ethan, you ready? Let's roll. How dare you say that to me? What did I say? I don't know, but how dare you? How dare you? Okay, so now that the tension is officially built, my love, I'm going to do the drum roll, okay. and then I'll let you make the announcement. Sounds Does good. that sound good? Okay, let's see if my drum roll is better than yours from <laughs> last week. You ready? All right, here we go. Ready? And... Today, our very special guest is the Mrs. Carol Wood. Yep, my mama is in the house. Woohoo! And we're going to be talking about an issue that absolutely every married couple faces in some way, relatives and in-laws... Uh, and other than spanking, just to to be honest, this is easily the most common question that we get. And your mom has been just a faith hero. Almost mm -hmm. 45 years of marriage, mom to three, a pastor's wife, teaching the young women in church, an incredible mother-in-law to me, and then going through open heart surgery with a smile and witnessing to the nurses. Yes, she she is absolutely amazing. She really is. I think one thing most people don't know about mom is that she's a straight shooter. Uh, and she actually had a rough start with her in-laws so getting to pull back the curtain here and put a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law in a little room, to get honest, is going to be a real blessing for people, uh, or an MMA bout if things go south, I guess. <laughs> well, here she is now. Are you kicking me out? You betcha. Hello, Mom. Welcome to our little date night studio. Tone calls it the broom closet. Oh, hello, dear Bree. <laughs> well, I'm really switching roles today because Tone normally asks all the questions. So if goes, this goes really bad, let's just laugh a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> well, let's just start with some context. Many of the Mission Bible ladies know you, but there's a lot of people around the world who don't. So you help teach the younger ladies here at church for almost 10 years. Is that right? And many of them still rave about your Titus II studies. Yes, and I grew to absolutely love those girls. In <laughs> fact, I just saw Cindy Meserol, um before coming here, and ah, I almost wanted to cry. Yes, Brought she's back been such looking forward to seeing you so much. <laughs> and the impact you've had on my life goes beyond words. I mean, watching the way you conduct yourself through trial, uh, your industry and compassion, the way you always turn to the scriptures for answers, not to mention babysitting our kiddos every week <laughs> when they were little. So Tony and I could serve together, go on a date night. You are simply the quintessential model of a Proverbs 31 woman. Oh, Brie, it is so sweet of you to say that, but you got to know it's the Lord. We're just tiny little tools in the hands of a mighty craftsman. Amen. And you just came through open heart surgery with flying colors, am I right? <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I really didn't do much of anything, <laughs> but I'm sure thankful Jesus gave me just a little bit more time yes. to run the race. Okay, so tell us a bit about your love story with Papa. You've been married to Dad for almost 50 years. Yes, 
um, I married dad in 1975 while he was attending Bible college in Oregon. And I, at that time, was in my last year of nurses training in Portland, Oregon. Well, it was a one-hour drive from Salem to Portland. And over that year, I got to tell you, Bree, we made that hour trip many times. (laughs) That is so funny. It always makes me smile what we'll do for love in those early years. We had a gal in our church who used to drive four hours from Phoenix to attend church with her fiancé and then drive back that afternoon to start school Monday. So if my math is right, that's nearly 50 years ago, right? Yes. Can you believe it? I cannot. (laughs) So this may be hard, but if you had to quantify the last 50 years, what has been the biggest highlight for those 50 years? Hmm. That's really a good question. I would say catching dad's vision for the church and growing in my desire to be a helpmate to him in achieving his dreams for Christ's bride. Mm. That definitely ranks high in my mind and heart. But also the birth of our three children was a highlight and one that I look back on with a lot of fondness. Mm. Honestly, we have had our lowlights too, but so long as we've turned to the word of God as our, quote, instruction manual, unquote, we've been able to bridge the hardest of times in God's strength. I think it's a good idea to probe there a bit, knowing there are thousands of young couples listening and may not have good role models. So you would say scripture is the key to a 50-year marriage. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would not even hesitate. So many marital challenges um, are surrounded by this whole idea of communication between a husband and a wife. And if we submit our communication with one another in God's way and make the commitment to have no back door and instead always staying, working it out, then we will experience the Lord's best. Mm. Well, let's make the turn into this all-important topic that nobody ever talks about, specifically how to be a good daughter-in-law and how to interact with the in-laws, especially in ways that bring honor to the Lord, protect our marriage, but also that don't allow us to be run over. And this is a really fascinating conversation because very few daughters are able to talk honestly with their mother-in-law about their mother-in-law while also reflecting on their role as a (laughs) daughter-in-law. Yes, and I'm glad we're able to do this because it isn't something you hear addressed in public. Mm -hmm. So why don't you start by telling us about your mother-in-law? Oh, well, uh, I will tell you, my mother-in-law, bless her heart, she is what I would call small in stature. She barely was four foot six, but she was huge in presence Mm -hmm. because she came out of the World War II era. She had lived through the Great Depression as a child, and um, prior to that, her mother um, passed away suddenly when she was 14 years old, and so she became the mother of her little family of sisters. Mm -hmm. She was even interned for a while because she so favored the uh, Japanese um, in appearance. Because of all of those things, she was strong, and there was never any question about what she thought on a given subject. That is so fascinating, because I only got to know Mamie in her final years, and she was mostly sitting quietly on the sofa, (laughs) talking about her Bible memorization, or telling us old stories about just her flannel board ministry. (laughs) Do you remember that? 
Oh, Brie, it didn't start that way. <laughs> when I first met Dad, she had opinions about everything, and most especially this new girl that was to become her daughter-in-law. I remember in the early years when they would visit, I would come home into my own living room, and I would find objects rearranged because she didn't like my decorating style. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then other times she would criticize the way I dressed the children. And I remember one time, oh, so clearly, when she furled her little brow, pursed her little lips, and she said, Carol, remember, those are my grandchildren, and it is important how they look. Oh, my. Oh, Brie. And then it morphed into how I dressed as a pastor's wife. And you could imagine how that went when Dad got home. Oh, my. Thank you for never picking up my clothing. (laughs) No, I would never do that. So I need to ask, because everyone wants to know, what did that do to your relationship, and how did you respond? I... I think about this a lot um, because now at my age, I understand we called her Mamie so much better. But in those early years, it was a very tense relationship. And I would be stoic. I would put in the time that was required, but I was always happy to leave and get back to my own life with dad and the babies. The worst time, I think, was the, I guess you could call it the climax, was the period when we ended up living with them for about three months. And uh, even though I know this is wrong, I'm going to be very honest. I left that um, last day of August hating her. Mm -hmm. And it was like all the good that she did was destroyed by her tongue and all the points of criticism. Wow. Did that transform the way you related to people? I sure hope so. And I learned that uh, three-month period of time that my opinions are just that. They're my opinions, and they don't need to be voiced all the time. (laughs) It was definitely sanctification at work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a beautiful reminder for all of us that even our relatives can be the tools the Lord is using us to grow us. And did your relationship transform over Did it transform over time? Did it get easier for you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Time was helpful. But another reality that I know now is that Mamie wasn't the only problem. Bree, I'm a sinner too, Mm -hmm. and I had a lot of growing to do. The Lord had so much to teach me about honoring parents, choosing words wisely. Many situations can be diffused simply by staying quiet. That's really good. It's so true. Many situations really can be diffused by silence. It makes me think of Proverbs 10, 19, where there are many words, transgression, offense, these are unavoidable. And that really clicks for me because that's the kind of mother-in-law you've been to me, careful with words and opinions, kind, supportive. So thank you. Well, that's kind of you to say. And it's true that I have made it a goal to focus my energies on my grandkids and trust that the Lord would give grace for you and Tony to figure things out. But since we're talking about it, I I do have to admit, those days when I would come over weekly and babysit so you guys could get away, I kept my eyes and ears open to the mood of the home when I was there just so not to interfere 
Hmm. I would know how to pray. Yeah. And I want to ask you, would you give words of wisdom to moms-in-law? But first, let's quickly address the daughters-in-law because probably more daughters are listening than moms and they're trying to figure out how to best fulfill their role. So what's the biblical way for young women to engage their mother-in-law? Ask for help. Mm. Ask for their opinion on certain subjects. But then you have to discern if and how it can be applied. Now, certainly there are exceptions, but by and large, older women will have some form of life experience that they can offer as a source of wisdom. And let me speak to the moms really quick here. When your daughters ask for ideas, you can provide them with ideas, but there's a but. Mm. You've got to leave the outcome of the situation to your daughter. And remember, it's her home, it's her babies, and ultimately her husband she needs to follow. That's good. So you'd say it's important for younger women to ask questions that open the door for wisdom, but equally important for women to give wisdom without expectation. Exactly. And that's where it gets so hard, those unmet expectations. It's a mutual respect, both for a woman's life stage, but also for a woman's position. The older woman may have wisdom and be due honor, but the younger woman is in a new marriage, and she's commanded by God to leave, cleave, and build her home. Okay, so here's a toughie. What if a woman's mother-in-law is truly unkind, and I'll take it even a step further, even unsaved? Well, this changes everything, Bree, because now priority number one is for the daughter-in-law to become a agent of salvation for the mom. Mm-hmm. She has to view herself as one that God may use to open mom's eyes. And the application of this is that each word and action becomes extremely important. Let your mom, mother-in-law, <laughs> know that you pray, and you pray for her, mm-hmm. that you read the Bible, that you take the kids to church. And this is a big one. Be willing to ask forgiveness if you've overstepped yourself. In short, be a child of God and shine brightly. And that leads to a question I know many of our date night fam are asking, which is, what should a couple do if their in-laws won't support their faith or biblical child rearing? Oh, in what I would call extreme cases, you might need to actually disconnect for a period of time after explaining why this is so important to you and the need for them to support you. And this typically happens when the grandparents are babysitting or watching the kids a lot. But what I would recommend is determine, find a book or a clear resource that you are basing your parenting model on. Of course, one that's very biblical in principle. And then give that resource to your parents to read and gain understanding of your methods. And then, when they've read it, sit down and share your heart on why they need to support your model. And usually, 99% of the time, the parents will follow suit if they see how important it is to you. That is so good. And I would add a word of caution here for the young moms. We need to react slowly when we grow frustrated with our in-laws and really discern if the issues we're encountering are one sinful 
two unwise, or three just an opinion. And often after a cooling off period of prayer, reflection, talking to hubby, we'll find that issues can be resolved by a simple phone call, a request for forgiveness, clarification, and reconciliation. And I think you alluded to this earlier, Mom, but the reality is, is when we're young, we tend to speak quickly and not honor our elders the way we should and really take for granted the blessing it is to have older people in our lives. Oh, amen to that. Okay, Mom. So let's have you speak to all the mom-in-laws listening. As you look back over your life, both having a mother-in-law and being one, what are two ways moms can really love their new daughters? Oh, I don't even hesitate. That's easy. Never forget when you're there in her, your daughter-in-law's home, that it is her house. So when you're with her, compliment the things you do like, applaud her efforts, praise her to others. And if there's something you do like, keep your mouth shut. Oh, if there's something you don't like, yes. oh, forgive me, keep your mouth shut. And along those same lines, remember that <laughs> your grandkids are her babies. So look for ways to compliment how she cares for them. Keep your mouth shut in the things you don't like. And also, your son is now her husband. So you must let her be number one in his eyes and ears. All this is to say, mother-in-laws, work really hard to be a beautiful part of your daughter-in-law's background and let her be the one that shines. Mm-hmm. Thank you for exemplifying that, Mom. And can I read a list from Elizabeth Elliot and get your reaction? Of course. Okay. She writes, seven steps to being a great mother-in-law. Do call ahead. Don't just show up. Number two, don't criticize your daughter-in-law to your son. Number three, don't gossip about your daughter-in-law in public. Four, don't offer to make your son's favorite food. <laughs> Five, thank your daughter-in-law for making your son happy. Six, don't ever tell your grandkids their parents are wrong. And seven, learn ways to love on her. Your thoughts on those? Oh, well, the lady that wrote these is uh, one of my heroes. Mm-hmm. I love uh, Elizabeth Elliot, and I have read many of her books, listened to different podcasts over the years. And so when I hear what you're saying in regards to the suggestions that she makes, I just have to say amen to all of them. Yes. But I do have a, a, a one that I have to smile at. Number four, I think you mentioned, uh, don't make your son's favorite food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I still remember when you decided that you were going to start serving paleo <laughs> diet to your family. <laughs> and I understood why you were going to do it because of your own particular health issues. And I did not know what to do. Yes. You have to understand, Brie, I grew up on Kool-Aid and Wonder Bread. <laughs> And this business about paleo cooking was just so strange to me. Yes. And I I didn't know how to handle it. And I didn't want to discourage you. And so I would start eating it with you (laughs) as you made it. And in my mind, I'm going, oh, this isn't as good. My wonder bread. Oh, I love it. It is the truth. That is so the truth. I still have cravings for wonder the bread. bread. <laughs> yes. I'm Hostess right donuts. <laughs> in heaven, right? Yes, in heaven. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, mom, thank you so much. And I think it's good to insert a quick word to daughters-in-law here. 
sisters, mom mentioned this, but we must learn to honor our elders and show respect to their years of life, experience, and wisdom, especially if they're fellow believers. And this doesn't mean we'll always agree with them, nor does it mean we need to obey them once we've moved out of their home. But we do need to respect them, and showing respect to our mother and mothers-in-law comes with a general promise of blessing in the Bible. Ephesians 6, 2 says, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Ah, amen. Mm. Well, Mom, thank you so much. And I'm so glad people around the world get to experience your kindness and wisdom the way I have all these years. Wow. Dear Bree, you are a treasure. And as we kind of bring our time to a close, I I do want to tell you and the others that are listening that Mamie and I um, grew to love each other over the years. Mm. And in fact, when uh, Mamie left the Northwest and she moved to the uh, town of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, she was crying as she was anticipating that move. Her health was not good. And I still remember how she held on to me and she said, Carol, I wish you were coming with me to Mm -hmm. take care of me. And that comes from someone um, that I had spent so many years in a tense relationship with. But we worked all that out. Mm -hmm. And we worked it all out with um, the Lord. And he became that wonderful um, bond between us. And uh, when we did lose her, I just, I felt amazing love for her, thankful that she had been a part of my life and for all the things that I learned because of her. Mm. And uh, I, I just want people to know it yes. ended very, very well. Yes. And that's such a beautiful picture of just God's grace and mercy. Yes. In our own lives, it gives us hope for the relationships that may be broken or hurting right yes. now and that God can restore. Yes. Don't give up. Mm -hmm. Don't say this isn't ever going to happen because as long as there's breath, there's life, something can happen. Amen. (laughs) Well, Tone usually prays to close. Would you mind doing it for us? I would love to. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to my beautiful daughter-in-law regarding the ways to live and make relationships work down here. And may she in turn, Lord, give to other ladies, other young women that uh, are struggling the um, courage and the advice to seek your help in these situations. I thank you for the family that you have given us. And I pray for those that are listening, that they would not see that this is hopeless in just the opposite because the mighty king is involved change can happen and I pray these things in the beautiful beautiful name of the Lord Jesus Amen Amen. Well date night fam Tone and I will be back in 168 short hours a heaping big thanks to Mama Carol Ethan our producer and the special saints of Mission Bible may his grace and peace be with you keep living for the gospel and fighting for the family Thank you.